Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. This episode is on dreams that we have shelved over the years. I call it a shelf of dreams. And I wanted to start by reading this poem by Langston Hughes. It's called Harlem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it explode? When, when I interviewed Camille Baxter last week, she gave us some potentially life-changing advice during her interview. She said that she shelved her dreams in order to build a stable and successful career. And she didn't have any regrets about that, um, especially because, you know, sometimes you have a family to support. You have to do the responsible thing. But I couldn't get the image of a shelf of dreams out of my head. And I wanted to know more about the thoughts that keep those dreams shelved. Because they're just thoughts. They're not reality. And yet they become our reality. We let thoughts dictate how we spend our short time here on earth. In Camille's case, it was, I'm too old, it's too late, I'm not talented enough, who do I think I am taking acting classes at 60? So I'm going to walk you through a quick meditation exercise for examining your own shelf of dreams. If you're driving, obviously don't do this. Well, don't close your eyes at least. But if you're at home, close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths. Now imagine that you're walking down a hall and you see a closet door. You open it, you see a shelf way up high. So you drag over a step stool, climb on it and peer on the shelf. There's a lot of dust and you see a box labeled with a Sharpie marker, dreams. You pull it out, noticing how heavy it is. As you drag it across the shelf and set it on the ground, you find yourself knowing what's inside it before you even open it. You have a remembering. Now visualize sitting on the floor and the box is in front of you, but it's taped shut with duct tape. Old, super sticky silver duct tape. And so you look around for something to open the box with and you discover a box cutter with words written on the side. You turn it sideways and it says, why not? Thinking, okay, why not? You begin slicing through the tape to open the box. 
What is inside your box? Maybe it's a pair of ballet slippers, maybe a toy stethoscope, maybe it's a journal or cooking utensils. As you set each item on the floor, you remember the person you were when you thought these dreams were possible. You've changed and your dreams have changed, but taking out old dreams can reawaken the forgotten parts of you. It can awaken creative parts of you, hidden talents and skills that you've shelved for years. And then you see something else in the box. There's a piece of paper on the bottom of the box. It's a white piece of paper and in big letters, all capitals, it says fear. You turn it over and you see that there are a dozen or more reasons why you shouldn't or couldn't pursue those dreams in your box. You remember why you put the box on the shelf in the first place. And as Camille said, fear paralyzes and keeps you from following your dreams. It whispers about responsibility and the societal or familial expectations. It reminds you who might be disappointed if you pursue your dreams. You take a deep breath, grab the box cutter, and carefully slit through each fear listed on the sheet. When you have ribbons of paper scattered at your feet, you stand up with the box of dreams and take out each item and place it lovingly on the table. You clean each dream off and re-examine it. You may not still want to be a nurse, but maybe volunteering at a clinic to give vaccines would light you up. Maybe you no longer want to make a living as an artist, but a community college art class could reignite a fire inside of you. Or maybe the cooking utensils make you want to tackle a cream brulee. So the next steps after you dust off your old dreams, the first step is to verbalize your dream. Put it out there. This gives it life and you'll start to believe it. It'll be like a plant slowly coming to life after it's received water and sunshine. I interviewed a lady who had no idea how to write a book, but somebody told her she should write a book because she had a lot of good knowledge. And so she started telling people she was writing a book. The right people appeared in her life and a year later she had written and published a bestseller. Number two, take a class or find a meetup group in whatever interests you. This will allow you to dip your toe in the water. I had another um, friend who became interested in eating healthy food, which led to her taking classes on, um, she would attend these farm to table uh, gatherings and she started meeting and talking to local farmers. And then she decided to start a podcast and interview farmers. And then that led to other things, you know, starting her own farm when she knew nothing about farming. Number three, Write out all the fearful reasons why you can't or shouldn't pursue your dreams and then ceremoniously shred or burn them. Number four, keep asking yourself, why not? Another good one is, if not me, then who? Number five, visualize your dream down to the last detail. Trust me, you'll start to believe in it. When I wanted to teach yoga, um, I visualized myself teaching a seamless yoga sequence. I would just imagine it before I went to sleep at night and I would I could see the faces, the serene, peaceful faces of my students. 
And I did this over and over, even though I was terrified to get in front of students and lead them through an entire hour class. But I kept doing it until it became a reality. Number six, keep asking yourself if what you're doing brings you joy because your dreams will change. I don't still, even though I like teaching yoga, it's not, I don't lay in bed and like visualize it anymore. My dreams are evolving and changing. So by asking yourself if it's bringing you joy, this will shine a light on the difference between doing things because you feel like you have to, you're obligated to, and doing things because you enjoy them. Then make it a point to do more of the things you enjoy more often. Put them on the calendar. This is so important. Just this morning, my husband said, I want to put a hiking a, a back, what was it called? Whatever it's called when you ride your bike and you camp back camping or something. Anyway, um, trip on the calendar with some guys because if I don't put it on the calendar, I won't do it. And he's right. We have stuff almost every weekend. And if we don't put it on the calendar, it just will not happen because life gets busy. So shoot me a message. Let me know which dreams you've deferred. And if you think you could take them off your shelf, dust them off and maybe give new life to them. And you can go to my website, hopethepa.com, get my free copy that I wrote of Hacking the Life Machine. It's got some good tips in there. All right, y'all take care. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, hopethepa.com. Thank y'all for listening.